0: Hey, I'm Ben Greenfield. Welcome to a very special episode that I'm calling Best of Biohacking on a Budget. First of all, let's get the logistics over with first. All the show notes for everything you're about to hear, you can find in the same place where you always go to find the show notes that we really pride ourselves upon producing at Ben Greenfield Life. They're thorough, they're handy, they're stuff you can bookmark, save, print, you name it. Show notes are here, bengreenfieldlife.com forward slash Budget bengreenfieldlife.com forward slash biohacking budget so why best of biohacking on a budget well frankly we are constantly bombarded with all the supplements and the technology and the twenty thousand dollar red light this and the fifty thousand dollar oxygenation that and the fifty thousand dollar coffee enema suppository you name it but fact is you know, over years of interviewing some of the smartest minds on the planet about how we can in a very ancestral and primal manner upgrade the human blueprint i actually have come across a lot of really great tips from biologists like gary brecca authors like dr james D nicolantonio people who are experts in hacking exercise with minimum effective dose like kusha carvandi and many others and i put together for this episode the best of the best for you so that being said, you get to sit back, or preferably walk back, work out back, do anything active back, or just drive, and listen to today's show, Best of Biohacking on a Budget. Again, all the show notes are at bengreenfieldlife.com slash budget. Fitness, nutrition, biohacking, longevity, life optimization, spirituality, and a whole lot more. Welcome to the Ben Greenfield Life Show. Are you ready to hack your life? Let's do this. If you're in your thirties or anywhere beyond, you got to start eliminating senescent cells in your body. These are the so-called zombie cells that make you feel old before it's time to feel old. They linger in your body after their useful function, hence their name zombie cells, wasting energy and precious nutrition and leading to so many middle-aged symptoms like low energy, brain fog, slow workout recovery, and joint discomfort. But luckily you can nuke these senescent cells. There are a bunch of different Newly discovered plant derived ingredients that, when expertly combined, can help to reduce senescent cells. And the folks at NeuroHacker have cracked the code on putting them all together into a fantastic product called Qualia Senolytic. Qualia Senolytic. Now, this could be one of the biggest aging breakthroughs of the decade based on what we know about senescent cells. It could take years off how old you feel in just months. and You only use it twice a month, six capsules twice a month, super simple. I'm actually on my cycle right now. I just took six this morning. I'll take six tomorrow morning, then I set it and forget it for a month, nuking my senescent cells and feeling younger in the process. So If you're sick of feeling old before your time, try try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash Ben Seno, S-E-N-O, neurohacker.com slash Ben Seno, Backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee and that code Ben Senno will give you an additional 15% off at neurohacker.com forward slash ben Senna. All right, folks. Clinical research has shown that therapeutically and for overall health and well-being, the most critical time to ground is when you sleep. The electrons you absorb when grounding neutralizes free radical damage, squelches inflammation, restores healthy endocrine function, enhances cellular gating and circulation. That then improves the cellular uptake of nutrients and oxygen and hormones while maximizing the removal of cellular waste, and you can now ground when you sleep. This company called Ultimate Longevity makes indoor grounded sleeping devices, and they've done clinical research studies on grounding the human body for health. When you sleep on these mats, you get six to eight hours of uninterrupted grounding, meaning I could travel, unroll it onto my hotel room bed, and fight all of the radiation, the inflammation I got from flying in the airplane right there during a full night of sleep full body grounding which is what these mats give you versus just your feet on the ground maximizes the electron transfer because the more surface area contact the more beneficial the electrons the more the results so you get these amazing benefits and inside your body this stream of electrons works as an anti-inflammatory pain relieving anti-aging antioxidant boost squelching inflammation all night long They've got over 20 peer-reviewed research studies that have been published on the extensive health benefits of grounding. For vagal tone, serum, electrolytes, thyroid function, blood glucose, blood viscosity, sleep, pain, stiffness, blood pressure, stress, even depression and anxiety. It's crazy. So you can go to ultimatelongevity.com slash Ben to get your hands on these grounding mats. You can do mattress, pillow, blankets, a whole bunch of other valuable tools to help you bring your inflammation down and jumpstart your healing process. Again, it's ultimatelongevity.com slash Ben. Well, folks, you and I, or the average American at least, spend an average of 90% of time indoors, breathing around 30,000 gallons of air daily. According to the EPA, indoor air can be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, 100 times more polluted, especially like your home gym where you're breathing in even more air. This can be a serious issue. Data shows that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths around the world. So you need air purifying technology. And the one that I like as a standalone system that doesn't require you to go re-outfit your entire home's AC system or ducts is called the Air Doctor. The Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold so your lungs don't need to. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested bacteria and viruses and virtually 100% of particles as small as 0.003 microns. They also feature whisper jet fans. 30% quieter than normal, ordinary air purifiers, and they are extremely affordable and accessible. Furthermore, they're going to give you up to 39% off of one of their extremely impressive and efficacious air filters, or up to $300 off today. Here's how you lock this in. You go to airdoctorpro.com slash You can get one with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund, minus shipping, but you're going to love it. AirDoctorPro.com slash Ben G. You'll get up to 39% off or up to $300 off, so lock it in today, folks. You'll enjoy it. Clean air is something everybody deserves. You can get it with the Air Doctor. First up is my friend Gary Brecca amazing biologist, and we talk about the superhuman protocol that declumps your cells, hyperoxygenates your body, restores cellular wellness, and a whole lot more. And while his superhuman protocol costs money, I don't think that's any secret. There are ways that you can hack it, and I talk about that in this episode. Top five health tips to do every day for people on a budget. Oh, That's a pretty good one. Yeah. All right, top Uh, five health tips for people to do every day on a budget. I would say number one. Eat organ meats. They're not as expensive as you think. As a matter of fact, a lot of people sell them cheap because they want to get rid of them. Get cold every day. Cold showers are not expensive. Last time I checked. Get hot every day. You don't have to have a sauna. You can literally layer and go outside or go in the gym, but open up the portals of sweat. Uh, Number four would be 10,000 steps a day. However you want to do it. Take your calls while you're outside. Take the stairs, walk, whatever. But 10,000 steps a day. And then the last one I I think would be... Um, and then this is more relationship based, but we know relationships are so related to longevity, make one people or one, one person every day feel really good. Go out of your way to make somebody feel really, really seen and heard at least once a day. Wow. Those are good ideas. I would add breathwork and first light to that. Um, they don't add a penny to your budget and breathwork is free. First light is free. Walking on the surface of the earth is free. In fact, walking is probably the most underrated form of exercise on the planet yeah um just walking i mean you want to lose weight just walk for 35 or 45 minutes in a fasted state, um, in the mornings, uh, low heart rate cardio, um, breath work. There's lots of great breath work available out there on, on the internet. Wim Hof is my favorite that he has an eight minute breath work routine, three rounds, 30 breaths, breath hold in between with an exacerbated deep breath in, um, that alone will change your life. And if you can do it at first light, I promise you it will become your drug of choice. All right, next up, the big vitamin D mistake, how I read a book a day, cold therapy versus cryotherapy versus cold thermogenesis and much more is the original title of the episode that you're going to learn from in this snippet about low budgets, helping teens, adolescents, and young adults on their diet and their lifestyle.
1: Hi, Ben. I've listened to your podcast for a few years. I love it. I've Applied a lot of your content to my own life. Recently, as a PE teacher, I've been asking how to take my classes deeper. So here's my question. If you and a partner had 40 minutes a day for 30 weeks to improve the nutrition and exercise habits of 350 low socioeconomic teens, let's say 11 to 18 years old, what would your curriculum look like? What units would you teach? Would you even teach in units? How would you break down each day? How would your curriculum change if your budget was $500 to $1,000 or less? Thanks for your work to make healthier humans. Sincerely, Coach Tallard, Houston, Texas.
0: What I would do if these were my teenagers is I would pay attention to data that has investigated the things that move the dial the most when it comes to longevity and anti-aging in humans because... Uh, longevity and anti-aging are so heavily correlated with just overall health, mm. overall fertility, overall happiness mm. that I think it's just it, it's a very good uh, way to, again, like kind of like systematize and um, and advise the program that you're putting together. So, a so lunch pad. basically what I'm saying is the best budget friendly way to do this would be move all the teens to Okinawa <laughs> and uh, have them live in Japan for years upon years till they oh, die okay, at the I'll ripe see. old age of 120 in the rice fields. Uh, no, I'm I'm talking about the, this idea of the blue zones, right? These areas where we see higher than normal levels of people who live a long time, like Sardinia, Italy and Ikaria, Greece and Okinawa, Japan and Nicoya, Costa Rica and Loma Linda, California, uh, where the Seventh-day Adventists live and play. and oh, I was wondering so, what that was. <laughs> yes, alcohol-free, alcohol and meat-free. Again, not that I endorse that, but there's a time and a place. Uh, and so when we look at these blue zones, there are definitely some some lessons that we can learn from them that I think could very easily be worked into a curriculum. So what do we see? We see uh, real appreciation for whole, real foods, usually gathered from a garden or the wilderness. Right? So you'd want some component to be built around growing and finding and eating and foraging whole foods, like whether that be a community garden, whether that be a foraging trip uh, or a series of foraging trips, but basically learning how to eat from nature and grow in nature. So that would be number one, and that's something okay. I do with my own children quite a bit, and it's not expensive. It's, in fact, less expensive than the grocery store. Um mm-hmm. Number two, speaking of the grocery store, because we do live in a modern era, it would be teaching uh, these teens how to properly read a nutrition label. Because, again, we see in the blue zones a pretty strict avoidance of processed and packaged foods. I don't expect that a teenager living in, let's say, America or a modern westernized country is not going to sometimes have, let's say, trail mix or beef jerky or some kind of packaged soup or some kind of packaged beverage or some kind of processed food, but teaching them how to read the food label, right? Like, is this sweetened with stevia or acetylfamine, potassium, or sucralose? Or, you know, is the sugar content, the the total carbohydrate content in this derived from, like, fiber or derived from processed sugar? Mm. Or uh, is the uh, high amount of saturated fat in this from like a fully hydrogenated lab-derived fat or is it from like a coconut oil, right? So yeah. reading nutrition labels would be number two. But beyond the RDA percentages. Right, Going right. much deeper. Yep, yeah, exactly. Again, very easy, low-budget uh, teaching mechanism. We know that that according to the Blue Zones book, uh, emulating the environment and the habits of these world's longest living people by having a home that or, or environment that simulates nature as much as possible teaching them about maybe having Wi-Fi off on the phones or the computer when you're not using it and ensuring that the air in the home is clean if you're gonna go rent an apartment maybe check in to the history of that apartment to look at how much mold or fungi it might have hmm. or replace the light bulbs in your in your study room, or in your dorm room with like a more biologically appropriate light bulb. And so these things that I don't th- think a lot of teens are taught these days, but that are important, like care for your personal environment, air, light, water, electricity, things like that. Nice. Um, next would be fasting, right? We see some elements of intermittent fasting, periods of time where people might not eat meat or might not eat dairy, or uh, may just eat fish and eggs as their primary proteins, or may have 12 to 16 hour intermittent fast, or weekly 24 hour fast, or whatever. But a, a, a fasting module, right, where folks are learning about the importance of fasting. That would be another another thing that I wish I'd learned when I was a teen, right? Like the periods of time to give the body and the gut a break. Yeah, we were told the opposite when we were teens. We were told don't right. skip breakfast and Nack, don't, don't miss meals. Yeah. And, Eat yeah. your meal, yeah. Uh, next would be to uh, learn how to exercise as play and as habit rather than thinking of exercise as your PE class or the gym. Or right. punishment, so, the right, you do when you're bad. Or as punishment, exactly. So what I mean by that is things like fitness walks and nature walks and obstacle courses outside and learning how to use, you know, like standing workstations and walking as much as possible. And, you know, when they're navigating through the airport or through the mall, taking the stairs and sell the elevator or the escalator. Uh, and basically engaging in low level physical activity all day long. That doesn't mean they got to hunt and garden and forage all day long, but it does mean teaching how to, how to, how to move, right? Like during our podcast, I'm actually alternating between sitting in like a stool and standing like about every five or 10 minutes, I'm shifting into a different position. Something as simple as that. Like, I didn't even know that when I was a when I was in college, I'd just sit for like six hours, just like yeah. studying and just not get up. And then I'd get up and I'd feel horrible and try to go to the gym and I'd you know get injured because my hip flexors were all short. You know, so, so understanding that movement should be an integral part of the lifestyle, not just something relegated to the gym and teaching them how to do that. Uh, and then just a few other things. Uh, we see a low amount of stress in the blue zones and a high amount of social connectedness. Yeah. When it comes to stress one of the main things I would emphasize is a course on breath work, teach box breathing, teach four, seven, eight breathing, teach these different forms of breath work that can enhance the body's ability to be able to withstand stress. Uh, and, and honestly, if there's one like course I wish I'd had in college, I would have loved to have had like a couple of semesters just on breath work and breathing patterns. Cause it's freaking free. Again, you can do breath work in the car I was on a six hour bus ride when I was in Panama and I was like in the back doing you know, like fire breathing and deep nasal breathing and, and hypoxic cause I had nothing else to do. I didn't have internet or anything. So I was just like working on my, working on my didn't have the internet, no internets. So what? yeah, breath and then, um, family love relationships, teaching the importance of that, teaching the importance of forgiveness, of maintaining connections with your mother, with your father, with your siblings, again, not something I discovered until later in life that I wish I had known about earlier on in life. Uh, and you know, this concept just like not going to bed when you are angry, angry with someone and instead like, you know, calling them up and, and mending any differences, um, understanding the potential harmful effect when it comes to presence of chronic disease. If you have things like anger or hate or bitterness kind of like bound up inside you that you haven't taken care of. But basically understanding the importance not only of that, but also, of, you know, love and laughter and being in, in social settings and group dinners and relationships. And, you know, for me as an introvert, that's something I realize the importance of, again, later in life, but it's super integral. Uh, and then finally, nature immersion, right, which goes hand mm-hmm. in hand with this whole idea of plant foraging, this whole idea of constant movement of being outside, just basically some kind of module where whatever it's camping or maybe it's fishing or maybe it's long hikes but basically a lot of time spent getting very very comfortable in the cold in the heat in nature potentially in situations where some of your daily comforts are taken away from you and you're just learning how to be very very comfortable just being you a human on planet earth in nature fending for yourself and learning how to do things like say start a fire or you know or or cook something or even you know trap or shoot or forge something you know it, Basically, just learning how to connect in a deeper way uh, with, with nature. Those are some of the things that, that I would love to see in a curriculum. As a matter of fact, I, I would take that curriculum myself. So, uh, yeah. so that's, that's what I would recommend, Kyle. And it's a, it's a great question. And hopefully that helps you out. All right. Next up, you want to learn how to budget your biohacking gear for less than 100 bucks? You're going to learn all that and a little bit more from this snippet of my talk at the Health Optimization Summit. So, let's say you had
2: sort of a hundred bucks, what would be your go-to sort of hack things to purchase for sort of, yeah, less than a hundred bucks, basically?
0: Uh, cigarettes and a fifth of <laughs> <a> good vodka. <laughs> um, so, a, a hundred bucks, oh my gosh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's tricky. I, I would say, gosh, a hundred uh, dollars, and, and what would the goal be, like fitness or longevity or something that's going to improve your life for a hundred bucks? I would say I would spend all the money on stuff that would make your walks better because I think walking is one of the best things for life. So get some little hand weights, you know, get, get the relaxator device, maybe get some, some, uh, you know, some blood flow restriction bands. That right there is going to add up to maybe 60 65 bucks. So, so I just saved you $35 that you can use <laughs> somewhere else on a nice, nice ribeye steak or something. I spoke with Dr. James D. and Tony about dirt cheap performance enhancing hacks you've never heard of, the best bottled water cold thermogenesis pre and post exercise tips and a whole lot more and today you're going to learn about a dirt cheap performance enhancing tip namely making a salt and glycine drink tune in i got in trouble once when i was uh working with the athletic trainer as kind of like the water boy for the university of idaho football teams like my freshman year and Gatorade has i think it was Gatorade they had a it was Gatorade or Powerade or one of these companies they had like the super concentrated powder that's meant to be mixed into, in this case, I think I had enough to fill like 10 coolers. It was a lot. And I I read the label wrong and I mixed it all in one cooler, right? So we had this incredibly uh, high osmolality solution that was ready to go out to these football players. And of course, everybody flipped and they're like, no, no, this is going to be horrible. It's going to like suck a bunch of water into their intestines. It's going to give them gastric distress. This high salt solution is Nowhere near the actual concentration that's been studied by say like the Gatorade sports science institute I, I forget what it was seven, eight percent, something like that as the ideal saltiness of a solution to enhance performance, particularly in heat so how how do you actually make a high salt solution that doesn't result in a lot of the gut issues that I guess you know s- seem to be feared in at least the you know the the, the football team that I was working with?
2: Right. So, in fact, really, you don't see a problem with, let's say, a reduction in sodium and water absorption and an increase in diarrhea until you actually start going above the saltiness of blood. So, in fact, um, consuming the saltiness of blood is 3,200 milligrams of sodium per liter. Okay. And that's actually 0.8% salt. So actually normal saline, which is 0.9%, is actually slightly hypertonic. It's actually 154 milliequivalents of sodium, um, normal saline. So it's kind of funny how they use the term normal saline, but it's actually slightly hypertonic. When you go to the hospital and you get like an IV of saline, it's actually um, slightly saltier than your blood. And in fact, that's actually typically what most studies use. To enhance performance is actually that concentration, which is 3,500 milligrams of sodium per liter. So, once you start going above that, uh, around 3,200 to 3,500 milligrams of sodium per liter, you do see a significant increase in diarrhea. So, essentially, if you go from 3,200 milligrams of sodium per liter to 4,200 milligrams, you go from one out of eight people having diarrhea, which is not bad, to six out of eight people having diarrhea. Okay. But There's a much better boost in plasma volume when you actually hit 4,300 milligrams of sodium per liter versus 3,200. So how do you balance the better blood volume boosting benefits of a 1.07% saline solution, which which again is 4,300 milligrams of sodium per liter, with the significantly increased risk of diarrhea? And one way to do this is actually adding the amino acid glycine to the solution. And we know this because glycine has been added to salt solutions for decades in individuals with severe diarrhea, either from rotavirus or cholera. um, You basically put in glycine at a ratio of two to three to one on sodium. And that has been shown to dramatically reduce the total volume of diarrhea, the frequency of diarrhea, and the actual total volume of fluid needed to hydrate the individual. So when you add glycine to a very high salt solution, like 4,300 milligrams of sodium per liter, Mm -hmm. you are probably getting the best blood volume boosting solution and significantly reducing the risk of diarrhea.
0: Okay. So you add glycine to this high salt solution, but walk me through what it would look like. Like If if I've got glycine and I've got salt, and I would love for you to clarify if we're just talking about table salt or any salt here, what would I do? Let's say somebody's listening in or I'm going to go to the gym after this and I just want to try exactly what you've recommended and see what kind of boost it gives me to a workout that I might already be familiar with. Right? So, so if people are listening right now, I'd say, yeah, go, go do something that you're already familiar with to kind of see how it compares. Walk me through what I'm going to do in the kitchen. Like, like how am I actually going to make a drink that has this amount of performance enhancement capability with just salt and glycine?
2: So essentially one teaspoon of salt is 2,300 milligrams of sodium. Okay. So if you want 4,300 milligrams of sodium, just under two teaspoons of salt in a liter of fluid.
0: Two teaspoons of salt in one liter.
2: Yeah, just under two teaspoons of salt. Okay. Yep, in one liter of fluid.
0: And, and by, by the way, just to clarify real quick, a liter is going to be kind of like a big water bottle. That, that's like what, about 32 ounces or so?
2: Yeah, it's thirty three um, point. I forget maybe. Okay. 0.8 I,
0: I like so. to go with approximation so around two teaspoons in around one of the bigger water bottles, or like you know, 32, 33 ounces or so. And you just stir that. Does the temperature of the water matter?
2: Well, we can get into that. Um, okay. but yes, if you want to enhance performance, drinking a colder solution, particularly a colder salt solution, you can actually go sub zero on a salt solution and it won't freeze because salt. And the salinity lowers the freezing point um so you can actually consume like sub-zero liquid hmm. if you have high enough salt concentration and, really cool, and that will actually dramatically cool the body down you don't have to go that cold though the studies show that even like low-end refrigeration temperature 39 40 degrees fahrenheit Of Uh A salt solution that's, you know, let's say a full liter will absolutely drop core body temperature by about half a degree in about 30 minutes. And so that is going to, you know, increase the time it would take you to hit a critical core temperature, which can cease performance. So there's a dual benefit of consuming the salt solution cold.
0: Okay, got it. And I'm taking notes. I'm, I'm literally going to go work out this afternoon and try out what you're talking about. And Oh, and by the way, for folks listening in, I'm going to put all the show notes at bengreenfieldlife.com slash win book. It's the name of, of of James's new book, bengreenfieldlife.com slash win book. Okay, so I've got around two teaspoons. I've got 32, 33 ounces or so. I've got the water, preferably cold, I if I can cool it beforehand or after. And then tell me about the glycine component.
2: So technically, the studies show that glycine can absorb sodium on a three to one molar ratio. You don't have to have every single molecule of glycine pulling every single molecule of sodium into the body because passive absorption occurs very well with sodium. So this is active transport or facilitated transport with glycine. So technically, if you wanted to, if you had four grams of sodium, if you wanted to have all the glycine you know, drive all the sodium, you would use a three to one ratio, basically 12 grams of glycine. Okay. But I don't think that's not, ne- it's not necessary. So I would just probably do with four grams of, of uh, sodium. Okay. Just, just under two teaspoons. I would say anywhere from like, I would say six grams of glycine would be more, more than enough to help facilitate some of that extra salt from causing diarrhea.
0: Possibly a total rabbit hole, but wasn't you who told me that to mitigate some of the oxidizing or inflammatory effects of vegetable oil, that if you consume either around five to six grams of glycine, or I think it was also five to six grams of spirulina, that both of those could mitigate some of that damage?
2: Yes, that's correct. So, um, you know, glycine helps to, uh, it's really like the rate limiting amino acid for the formation of glutathione. um, When when cysteine is available, which typically cysteine is available very well. So it'll help boost glutathione levels, which is our master antioxidant, which can help with the oxidative stress from um, uh, the omega-6 seed oils.
0: Okay, got it.
2: Yeah, uh, spirulina as well does something similar to inhibit the oxidative stress. from
0: Yeah, uh, ever since you told me that, whenever I'll I'll go out to a restaurant and – have a bunch of food and I don't know what the dressings or the sauces have in them, or I've had a big, you know, bolus of salad from the, you know, whole foods, hot salad bar, you know, had canola oil in my system. I always fall back on that spirulina or glycine trick. Uh, I've been doing that ever since, I think it was like four years ago that I, that I read that by you or you mentioned it on a podcast. So the glycine, do you just get like any old glycine powder? Does, does it brand matter or just glycine, glycine?
2: Yeah. You can, I mean, you can use, if you want a more easily dissolvable one, bulk supplements has one that's more crystalline that seems to dissolve a bit better than some of the powders. But essentially if you, if you get a good strong enough blender, it should blend fairly well. It doesn't have to fully dissolve, but the one from bulk supplements seems to dissolve a little bit better than some of the other ones.
0: Okay. Yeah. Those are Um, big white bags. I think that tend to be slamming deals that you can get on a, on Amazon. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. Okay. All right. Now now bone broth, James, is salty and it has glycine in it. What would be the the advantage of maybe just drinking bone broth? Is it nowhere near the saltiness of a solution like this?
2: Right. I mean, what you could do is you could actually use bone broth as your fluid instead of water, per se. Um, you know, and get some of the glycine and, and get some of the salt from there, but you'd have to test what the saltiness of that because then you wouldn't because you wouldn't want to overshoot or undershoot. So it's kind of like how salty is the bone broth that you've created, because then you just have to adjust how much salt you put in there. Right. The key to to all of this though is really you have to start at least 90 minutes before exercise if you want the, if you want to be performing at the optimal blood volume boosting potential of these solutions. So you want to start at least 90 minutes before exercise for consuming the solution.
0: And do you need to consume it all at that 90 minute mark, or can you just kind of sip on it leading up to your workout?
2: Yeah, you do not want to consume it all right at a 90 minute mark. That's another key. So th- the key is actually the rate of, that you consume these solutions is very important because the, the gastrointestinal system has a maximum capacity of how much sodium and water it can absorb at a a given time. So if you over flood the system, then that will also lead to diarrhea. So essentially for a full liter of fluid, it's probably best to start about 105 minutes prior to performance. And then you would probably want to slowly consume that solution. And, And when I say slowly, you want to try to figure out a good rate that is equal for this entire period, but slowly over probably 45 minutes. And you want to try to consume an equal amount of fluid over that 45 minutes so you're not sort of oversaturating the absorptive um, capacity of the gastrointestinal system. So just figure out if you want to do 30 minutes, figure out how um, much fluid and how often you would have to consume that full liter in 30 minutes. Or if you wanted to be extra careful and do 45 minutes, just figure out, do some calculations. Let's say, you know, you divide 45 by six. How many, you know, MLS you would have to consume, you know, over six different times over that 45 minutes to slowly consume it at an equal rate.
0: Yeah. That's like the, the old school trick back in college. Uh, we would dare each other to drink a gallon of milk without throwing up and you just had to drink it in 60 minutes. And the trick was to actually split it into 60 small individual portions and do like one tiny individual portion each minute. If you wanted to, to beat your roommate at the gallon of milk challenge without puking. So that's a, that's a random cocktail party trick for any of you who want to drink a gallon of milk in public. But the, uh, the other thing regarding the, um, aspect of gradually consuming a solution like this leading up to your workout is that it reminds me a little bit of the use of bicarbonate, right? Like sodium bicarbonate is a fantastic buffering agent. And I I think you've talked about it before, but that's another one where, and you might have to remind me of the volume. You can actually get a pretty significant performance enhancing aid for pretty dirt cheap, but you also have to be kind of careful with the way that you approach sodium bicarb. So do you you still stand by the recommendation to use sodium bicarb, particularly leading up to something that might be, you know, a very glycolytic type of exercise or or something that would uh, induce a lot of like lactic acidosis?
2: So there's no question that there's very good data that sodium bicarbonate, you know, about two hours before performance improves performance. The problem is, is the acute doses are so high that a lot of times it can cause more gastrointestinal issues than that outweigh any type of performance benefit and recovery benefit that you would get. So I'm more of a fan of actually slowly building up your bicarbonate stores over weeks by simply either drinking bicarbonate waters, and and it has to be fairly high in bicarbonate, like at least typically around a thousand milligrams per liter or 1,800 milligrams per liter would be even better, you know, in consuming like two liters of that fluid per day, rather than just acutely dosing yourself with like, you know, 30 grams of sodium bicarbonate, right? Um, Because that can lead to gastrointestinal distress. So, there have been studies looking at just drinking bicarbonate waters in basically like physically physical contact sports, um, particularly like, you know, mixed martial art athletes um, consuming basically high bicarbonate waters at around two liters per day, two to three liters per day. You do that over the course of like four weeks and it dramatically improved power output recovery um, and endurance. And that's because when you go anaerobic, A lot of people, you know, blame it on lactic acid and the lactate buildup, but it's, it's actually not, it's the the hydrogen ion buildup and lactate just follows that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Some sometimes I throw around terms like that, but it's it's because that's what people are familiar with. If I say hydrogen ion buildup, people don't get it, but people understand lactic acid. But you're right; it's 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 the hydrogen ions that accumulate as a result of the lactic acid, not the lactic acid itself. That's that's problematic. This idea, though, of chronic intake of bicarbonate-rich mineral waters is actually really cool. I mean, you know, I drink um, Pellegrino a lot of the time as my sparkling water of choice, mostly because that's what they sell at Costco and my wife picks it up. But I think you had a couple examples of bicarbonate rich mineral waters that you think would be better than that if someone was going to use this chronic loading approach. Which ones do you like?
2: Yeah. Um, Gerald Steiner is pretty good, but it's very carbonated. So if you don't want a bloat, I suggest just basically blending it in a blender for a couple seconds to fizz it out. Although it won't taste as nice because the carbonation, you know, basically blocks a lot the minerally taste of that water. There's another water called magnesia. It's it's difficult to get in the United States though, but that also has high bicarbonate, or you could literally just create your own bicarbonate waters by actually um, just putting sodium bicarb in water. If you're in your thirties or anywhere
0: beyond, you got to start eliminating senescent cells in your body. These are the so-called zombie cells that make you feel old before it's time to feel old. They linger in your body after their useful function, hence their name zombie cells, wasting energy and precious nutrition and leading to so many middle-aged symptoms like low energy, brain fog, slow workout recovery, and joint discomfort. But luckily, you can nuke these senescent cells. There are a bunch of different, newly discovered, plant-derived ingredients that, when expertly combined, can help to reduce senescent cells And the folks at Neurohacker have cracked the code on putting them all together into a fantastic product called Qualia Senolytic, Qualia Senolytic. Now, this could be one of the biggest aging breakthroughs of the decade based on what we know about senescent cells. It could take years off how old you feel in just months. And you only use it twice a month, six capsules twice a month, super simple. I'm actually on my cycle right now. I just took six this morning. I'll take six tomorrow morning. Then I set it and forget it for a month nuking my senescent cells, and feeling younger in the process. So if you're sick of feeling old before your time, try try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash Ben Seno, S-E-N-O, neurohacker.com slash Ben Seno, backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee, and that code Ben Seno will give you an additional 15% off at neurohacker.com forward slash Ben Seno. I don't think it's any secret that I'm not a huge fan of big, clunky New Year's resolutions. Why? Because they usually rely on willpower and willpower is a tool of your conscious mind that controls just like two to four percent of your daily actions. Your habits, whether good or bad in fitness or nutrition or productivity and beyond, they're all deeply ingrained and that creates an internal thermostat that keeps you stuck in your current situation. Well, the good news is you're not alone. I've worked with thousands of clients who were all trying the right things but felt stuck and realized their willpower was not what helped them get out of their scenario. Instead, they needed direction, guidance, accountability, a plan, a program, and a big why. And I provide all of that with my revolutionary coaching programs. I have retooled the coaching programs. We have amazing options for you in our brand new Elite Programs. From ben Greenfield life.com so you can join now and redefine your reality with a limited time offer of 40% off of your first month of coaching. Here's how go to Ben Greenfield slash elite for a personalized coach set up perfectly for you to achieve any goal you want safely, quickly and effectively Ben Greenfield forward slash E L I T E and I'll see you on the inside. All right, next up. We all know glycemic variability is something you really got to be concerned about, how much your blood glucose goes up and down during the day, but you don't necessarily have to buy one of those blood glucose monitors you attach to your body 24-7. They're very helpful, but we're talking about biohacking on a budget, so tune in for a dirt cheap way for lowering your blood glucose two recent studies related to reducing your blood glucose so the first one i get i've had a lot of eyebrows raised at me when i say what i've said in the past and that is that i don't take metformin because even though it has some really good life extension properties the trade-off in terms of disruption of the gut microbiome decreasing the ability to produce uh, new mitochondria and decreasing the ability to get muscle protein synthesis post-exercise dictates that i think the cons outweigh the pros unless you have Full on diabetes, in which case, you know, metformin could be a good idea. But I've always said, you know, I, I prefer two things instead: said bitter melon or dihydroberberine. I think bitter melon or dihydroberberine are, are two of the, the best, most fantastic alternatives to uh, to to um, uh, the, the uh, metformin. And so this recent study actually studied bitter melon because me personally, I've tested my blood sugar scores and my blood glucose responds just as favorably to bitter melon as it does to metformin. Uh, the only thing that, that shoves my blood sugar lower than bitter melon, which is the stuff that we use in Keon Lean, is an intense cold bath or cold shower. So anytime I have carbs, you know, carrot cake, sourdough bread, sweet potatoes, yams, you know, glass of wine, you name it. I pop two key on lean and my blood sugar is right as rain. This recent study showed that bitter gourd extract, aka bitter melon extract, the effects on lowering blood glucose was significant. In this case, they looked at hemoglobin A1C, three month snapshot of blood sugar levels and found that there was a significant hypoglycemic effect as a matter of fact the reason they did this study was they were trying to figure out what you would do in people who failed to respond to anti-diabetic medications you know when anti-diabetic drugs are ineffective what do you do but anyway so this uh this bitter melon extract actually uh works and this latest study Backed up what I've been saying for a long time, uh, the hypoglycemic effect of bitter melon is so strong that I actually don't even recommend you use it before a workout because your glucose might get too low. But with carbs, it's great. Now let's see you can't afford it and you want something a little bit more inexpensive, you know, since we're talking about cheap blood sugar hacks today. The other one that works really well, and this was another recent study, they looked at glycemic response, they looked at appetite uh, appetite, uh, uh, satiety, they looked at gastric secretions, and they looked at gastric emptying after people ate bread, right? Bread being a, a food that notoriously would increase blood sugar levels. And in this case, what they did was they gave... People lemon juice with water as a control and with tea as a control. Lemon juice led to a one and a half fold increase of the volume of gastric contents 30 minutes after the meal, meaning the gastric emptying was one and a half times faster. It elicited a 35% lower blood glucose concentration And an increase in society, meaning the appetite perception and the gastric volume correlated and corresponded to uh, better appetite satiation in response to the lemon juice, along with an increase in gastric secretions indicating that it helped people to digest food better. So if you're up the creek without a paddle, you don't have all these fancy supplements, you don't have bitter melon extract, you don't have your digestive enzymes, you don't have your bitters, all you need is lemon. Or lemon juice. It's fascinating, and you can add a little bit to a morning glass of water, like I do. You can, like, you know, if I'm at a restaurant, you know, if I don't want to have a cocktail, I just order a glass of, of bitters on the rocks, a little squeeze of lemon. Like, don't underestimate the power of some of these cheap hacks, like lemon juice or, or nicotinamide powder or L glutamine powder, or some of these things that a lot of people don't talk about so much because they don't make a lot of people a lot of money. But uh but the lemon juice absolutely works. I, I, I think the key on lean is probably a little bit better. I think the one-two combo of both for carbohydrate control could be great, but it but it's nice to see how some of these simple things actually work. And and in the last few months, you know, all these research studies I'm talking about, these are brand new research studies, you know, it's just been proven to work. So yeah. So uh lemon juice to the rescue. That
1: one's really cool. Lemon juice uh, to the rescue. I I really like that for me. Uh, it's it's interesting. One of the uh, there's a couple things that I I want to try here. The first would be I like the combination of take some Keon Lean, then drink lemon juice like during your meal, pre meal, whatever uh, way works best. And then afterwards, just get in a walk. I feel like those th- that three combo. And if you're hey listen, you don't want to you know spend the money on the Kion Lean, sorry Ben, and Keon, Then yeah, just the lemon juice and then a walk afterwards. Like that seems like a really inexpensive, if not free ish, way of uh, managing blood glucose. So think it's a cool
2: combo.
0: BFR training. That's right. Blood flow restriction from way back in the days where I was a poor bodybuilder was one of the secrets to build muscle without lifting heavy loads and with a low risk of injury. And today you're going to learn about that and vestibular enhancement on a budget. Now you told me also that you have some kind of a biohack to increase strength within like 60 seconds. Can you tell me what that biohack is?
1: Yeah. You know, one of my favorite biohacks is, you know, working that vestibular system. Uh, so we talked about before, you know, doing an exercise for the eyes that gives input to the brain. And we also talked before about how I did that exercise with the elastic band with you that works the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that third component is that vestibular system, your, your inner ear. By doing an exercise for that, you're, you're actually kind of getting the double benefit of getting information through the eyes and the inner ear, enhancing your brain's map And the way I look at it is that if you can enhance the brain's awareness and enhance the brain's map and and increase the clarity of that map, you can enhance strength output. So one exercise I might do is something called vestibulo-ocular reflex, VOR, where you basically, again, you're you're sitting upright in your chair or you could be standing. You hold your arm at arm's length um, with your finger uh, extended so you can see your finger clearly. And what you do now is instead of moving the hand, the hand actually stays still, but your head moves. And what you can start with is just moving your head simply left to right and up and down. So you keep your eyes fixed on your finger while your head is in motion. You know, your head's moving left to right, up and down. And, uh, and you do maybe five reps each, you know, left to right five times, uh, up and down five times. And what you're doing is you're kind of recalibrating your brain in terms of visual integration and vestibular integration. And this is essential because when it comes, again, when it comes to strength, we, our brain primary forms of input, our, our, our vision system and our inner ear vestibular system are the fastest information sources. So there's so, so much more preferred than the body. So, you know, nowadays we're, we sit so much, we're sitting in our cars, we're sitting at home, we're sitting at work, we're staring at a computer screen all day. So our eyes and our inner ear don't really get that great of stimulus. Even when we go to the gym, what are we doing? We're on a treadmill running straight. We're sitting on a machine on the chest press, not getting any good head motion. There's no integration during our exercise or activity of the eyes, the inner ear and the body. So they're kind of in a way out of sync. And so that this type of exercise could be a cool, uh, quick hack that you can use, especially before any type of, you know, high intensity or heavy lift. This will just enhance that.
0: Okay. And, 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 and just real quick, again, the, the quick walkthrough, how exactly do you do it?
1: Yeah, so again, you you sit upright or you could do it standing. I always say to start, uh, first time you do this, do it seated. And you put your arm at arm's length, you put the, I would just use your thumb, have the thumb straight up and look at the tip of your thumb and keep your eyes fixed on the tip of the thumb as you move your head left to right. The key here is to not let your head turn too far. So some people will turn their head so far to the left that both eyes can't see the thumb clearly. And you want to make sure not to turn too far so that you want to make sure your eyes can see your finger clearly the whole time. Um, and you're just turning again. You're you're turning your head left and right. Um, you do that about five to ten reps. And then you do the same thing going up and down. Okay. Got it.
0: Interesting. Can you send or do you have access to like a, a video that shows – for example, uh, how one would use this or how one would use uh, these these Brock strings that you mentioned if I wanted to put some visuals over in the show notes?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can send you a, a quick demo video on, on uh, recapping some of these exercises. Hey, it turns out you can trick your body into gathering more oxygen, and increasing your VO2
0: max with cheap methods of altitude training. That's what we're going to dive into on this snippet.
3: Hey Ben, this is Mark. My question is about training to climb Denali. Uh, I signed up for a trip there in about seven months and I have a a good amount of climbing experience but nothing quite like this. This is definitely the next step. So uh, a few questions. One is what you'd recommend for training strategies, you know, strength versus endurance, certain exercises you would definitely include to train for this. Um, Also, how you would prepare the body for the cold uh, that we'd see up on the mountain. Um, Also, what you'd recommend for dealing with the high altitude, any strategies for training. I live in New England, so we have some mountains, but nothing high altitude. So how to prepare the body for altitude. And then even on the mountain, any strategies or supplements you'd recommend to deal with high altitude. And then finally, uh, nutrition for a trip like this. It's about two to three weeks of climbing. Uh, And in the past on trips like this, I've definitely lost a lot of weight. So any ideas or strategies for that as well. Thanks so much. Love the podcast. Take care.
0: You ever been to Denali, Rachel?
1: I haven't been. Have you been to Denali?
0: Well, like I mentioned, I've got a watch on called the Denali, Denali. watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's, the, isn't that where Mount McKinley is? I
3: don't know. I, I thought it
0: was, I'm pretty sure it's in Alaska. It
3: is, yeah. And
0: I thought Mount McKinley was in Alaska. Oh. I think, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's in Alaska. Mount McKinley, Denali, yeah. Alaska. Yeah. You're right. 20, it is. 20,000 feet high. So, yeah, there, there's some defi- definite uh, things that you can do if you're going to climb. He's got a lot of questions here. There's a lot. Um, so let's let's kind of take these on one at a time. Um, first of all, training strategies uh, and and recommendations for dealing with high altitude, like in terms of strategies, supplements, etc. cetera. Uh, that's the biggest piece of this question. Mm-hmm. So let's respond to that first. Uh, I want to give you, let, let's say, my top five ways to train for altitude that don't necessarily involve moving to the Himalayas mm-hmm. or sleeping in an altitude tent, mm. okay? Right. So let's say you're just like the average person and you need to get ready for altitude. Um, one would be a static apnea tables. Free divers use these a lot to increase their tolerance to low amounts of O2 or high amounts of CO2. And what that means is, and you've taken a freediving course, right, Rachel? I have, yes. Yeah, so, so a, a, a carbon dioxide or what's called a CO2 static apnea table basically has you uh, you hold your breath for a certain amount of time, like let's say two minutes with decreasing intervals of recovery between each hold. You can do these while you're freaking watching Game of Thrones or driving. Well, don't do it while you're driving your car. Maybe while somebody else is idea. driving your car yeah. or you're on an airplane. Uh, but you, can, you hold your breath for two minutes and then you recover for two. Then you hold your breath for two minutes, you recover for a minute and a half. Then you hold your breath for two minutes, you recover for a minute. Then you hold your breath for two minutes and you recover 30 seconds. And there are, there are apps. If you go to the iTunes App Store or any other app store, you can find apps that literally just like ding every time you're supposed to hold your breath and then every time you're supposed to recover and breathe. And an O2 table, whereas a CO2 table increases your tolerance to buildup of CO2, an O2 table is uh, it, it's kind of the opposite where you'll hold your breath for two minutes and then recover for two minutes, then hold your breath for two and a half minutes, then recover for two minutes, then hold your breath for three minutes and recover for two minutes. And so it's, it's kind of the opposite. The breath hold time gets increasingly longer rather than the rest intervals getting increasingly shorter but you can easily go through a couple of static apnea tables a few times a week while you're doing other activities yeah so that's that's a, a really cool like, way easy and, win. and yeah, there's like this book called The Oxygen Advantage in which – and, and I'm, I'm interviewing this guy and releasing a podcast with him soon where they talk about like how Bear Grylls when he was training for he, – he did a big climb somewhere. I think it was Everest. He did a ton of because he didn't have access to altitude. He would do like breath-restricted swim training, right, where it, which is very similar to these static apnea tables where you're just – you go for a long swim and you hold your breath and and only breathe every six strokes, for example. Uh, but but these type of things can actually help significantly with your ability to be able to tolerate high amounts of CO2 and also your ability to be able to produce uh, blood cell precursors, uh, specifically uh, erythropoietin or EPO. So that's one thing that I would do. Uh, the next one would be sauna. And there's been some really interesting studies that have found that training in the heat increases plasma volume. So blood plasma volume and this erythropoietin, very similar to the apnea tables, uh, but that can also elicit physiological adaptations that allow you to replicate much of what you would get if you were going to do altitude acclimation. So, there's this, there's this odd crossover between exercising in a hot environment, like pulling an exercise bike or a treadmill into a sauna, or even just exercising really hard and then going and, and you know doing some yoga or stretching for a while in the sauna afterwards. But it turns out that even the studies that they've done where they've taken groups of folks and they've had them do altitude training – and then they've had another group of folks do sauna training and brought them both to altitude, it appears that the sauna training is just as efficacious as altitude training with the caveat that the effects don't stick with you as long as they stick with you when you're doing altitude training. But still, very, very cool way to be able to train for altitude even Without if you don't actually, have access to altitude. Right, exactly. Yeah. So sauna, so sauna.
1: and static apnea tables...
0: Yep. So we've got the sauna, we've got static apnea tables. Um, the next one that I would uh, look into as a strategy uh, would be echinacea. So I actually interviewed uh, the, this fella uh, named Craig Dinkle, and I'll link to my podcast interview with him. But in that podcast, uh, he goes into the use of echinacea to improve oxygen transport capacity and also to stimulate erythropoiesis production, and also uh, the activity levels of T-cells, which causes you to produce your own growth factors, also responsible for, for increasing EPO production. And so show, they've shown massive increases in oxygen availability in, and a huge boost in erythropoietin very similar to if you were you were blood doping with the use of echinacea. And this guy actually makes you know b- based on this you know full disclosure he he sells a supplement that has like echinacea and a bunch of other things that assist with uh, specifically altitude performance. He's a climber. so it's got like desiccated liver fat and, or desiccated uh, liver powder and chlorella and beetroot and uh, all these things have been shown to help with altitude, but then also echinacea, which kind of flies under the radar. Yeah. And... We, we talk in that interview about the mechanism of action via which erythropoietin can be stimulated with the consumption of echinacea, but it's, it's really interesting. You, you can use echinacea as a way to increase your, your blood cell counts and increase erythropoietin production, and that's you know, a relatively inexpensive little supplement hack that you can use.
1: I would love to see these all done, and then I would love for Mark to come back and tell us if it works.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Because all these, all these little things do add up quite a bit. And, and granted there are other compounds in addition to erythropoietin that work really well that you'll see like a lot of Sherpas who guide people up Mount Everest using like rhodiola, uh, and, and cordyceps. Although cordyceps is actually in that supplement that I just mentioned that, that biotropic supplement. And I'll link to the interview that I did with those guys in, in the, uh, in the show notes. But, uh, yeah, echinacea, if you're just going to choose one, appears to be one of the most potent and one of the the lesser known for, for performance at altitude. Um, a, a couple of other things that I would do. Uh, uh, so I've given you three so far, right? Yeah. The, the sauna, the static apnea tables, and echinacea. Another one would be, and a lot of people laugh at this, but it actually does work. So So this particular device will increase the amount of CO2 that's right in front of your mouth when you breathe. Right so you, so you increase your tolerance to carbon dioxide and what's called metabolic acidosis but it also puts a relatively large strain on your intercostal muscles around your ribs your serratus muscles and your diaphragm and your inspiratory and expiratory muscles it's a form of resisted breath training okay whereas a, a static apnea table would be a form of restricted breath training this mm-hmm. would be a form of resisted breath training does not decrease the partial pressure of oxygen in the air that you are breathing But it does have a really potent effect on improving your ability to be able to withstand lower amounts of oxygen availability or specifically higher amounts of CO2. And they've shown in clinical studies that this can increase aerobic capacity, improve lung function, and even increase what are called some of the hematological variables, meaning some of the same blood variables such as hematocrit or hemoglobin. That uh, that are involved in uh, in altitude training, so and this, what is the, is this? Uh, this is the this is the the training mask. Um, the 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 just the the basic training mask. That a lot of people laugh at because the uh, you know the CrossFitters and their knee high compression socks get running down the streets with their you know barbells over their shoulders, wearing their training masks. But this thing actually does work, especially if you don't have access to, you know, a a $4,000 hypoxic training device. Uh, But it's, it's literally just restricting breath flow. You can wear it when you're driving in your car or doing a workout or, you know, doing yoga or whatever. And it's just kind of a, a relatively cheap way to, to train for altitude. So I'm going to throw that in there. I mean, I know a lot of people laugh at it, but I, you know, I personally use a training mask a few times a week just because it's, 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 cheap and easy, right? Yeah. You just strap it on, do what you were going to do anyways. Mm-hmm. So the one exception is that you want to be careful that you're not doing extremely complex, heavy loaded exercises in it cuz sometimes you get so blue in the face wearing it that your form suffers. So just kind of be careful when you decide to use it. But that's another one that that's not too bad. Um, and then the last one that I would uh, recommend for for training for for climbing or anything like that would be something I already mentioned that freaking incline treadmill. Hmm. I mean, it, it just it works. And if, I mean, if you really wanted to, uh, you you could make your own hypoxic air generator. I interviewed a guy about how to do that. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's actually not that expensive if you can get your hands on one of these. Uh, it, it, it's like a, uh, it's like a, a hypoxic generator machine that you can purchase from typically a lot of local, like, uh, um, health outlets, like stores that sell, um, health equipment. Usually they're located close to hospitals. They're called oxygen concentrators, or you could look for an oxygen concentrator repair shop in your area, uh, and you can actually create your own hypoxic air generator using one of these, and uh, you can do uh, what's called intermittent hypoxic training, where you'll go like five minutes of walking on the treadmill with the hypoxic air generator on, then five minutes with it off and do that you know three times through for a 30 minute session. Um, I have one in my garage, and they're they're honestly, they're not that expensive to build. and yeah. I'll, I'll put the full link. I don't have time to go into it in a lot of detail right now, but I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, but it's really interesting. You can actually build your own altitude training device. You could keep next to an incline treadmill like this, and it doesn't cost as much as you'd think what, uh, if, you, if you follow the instructions I have.
1: What kind of cost? What's the ballpark?
0: Uh, by the by, the time that you've put everything into it, we're talking about like six hundred to eight hundred bucks. With usually about you know probably five to ten hours of your time driving around buying everything and building it. So yeah, that's not. But compared oh. to like thousands and thousands, of, I mean, just to rent one would cost you that much per month. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. So so there's there's some ideas for you and then finally a few other things I'm going to throw out there for you. Um first of all, uh, I did a podcast with the folks from Obstacle Order in which we talked about a whole bunch of these altitude hacks for like an hour. So if you want to listen to that, that's an obstacle training podcast. I'll put a link to that in the show notes called the Obstacle Order podcast. Um, another uh, couple of recommendations that I would give to you, just to quickly cover some of your other questions: How to prepare your body for the cold? That's not rocket science. Cold shower. I mean, I still do cold showers, morning, evening, every day, yeah. as cold as you can get. I mean, that, that doesn't doesn't get much more complex than that. Or you can use like one of these cool fat burner type of vests or or uh, or gut devices. But honestly, just cold showers. That's that's one of the biggies, and that, and, and just getting out in the cold. Uh, When I prepared for the 38 degrees below zero, uh, a goji race in Vermont, I would actually, and I was preparing for it in the winter. I would just go on shiver walks, right? Where you got your shorts. It's a really sexy look. Your shorts, (laughs) some mittens, some shoes, and something to cover your head. Yeah. Right? So you cover up all the vital parts, leave everything else exposed, and you go for a walk. And uh, my neighbor, at one point, when my boys and I went up to her house up the hill a ways to offer to help her with yard work or anything else she needed done. She's just this single widow who lives up there. Uh, as we were talking with her, she asked me if, uh, if I had seen any suspicious activity in the area. <laughs> and I said, well, what, what do you mean? She said, well, I think there's, he might be a, a druggie or a crazy person or something, but at about 6 a.m. in the morning, in the dead of winter the past few nights, uh, this person's run by my house, without wearing anything except their underwear and then they disappear into the forest and they kind of seem to be like headed down into the forest like kind of down in the direction of your house (laughs) so i just wanted to i just wanted to warn you about this person that seems to be running around our neighborhood
1: did you tell her it was you no oh
0: i just nodded i nodded and i said oh and i i kind of switched my course up from that point quit cutting across her yard but, I mean, those they do work, those shiver walks. They're really good for, for burning fat too. Really good so, for
1: entertaining your neighbors a, as well.
0: It's a, it's a Wim Hof technique. Um, okay, and then finally, as far as nutrition goes, I'll link to you to two podcasts in which one podcast I did on what to do during a long Boy Scout trip and another podcast I did on what to do for about two weeks of training in Mongolia. And I cover all these different foods that I think are really, really good for long periods of exercise or trips where you gotta have a lot of caloric density without a lot of weight. And I go specifically into things like pemmican as one, uh, macadamia nuts as, as another really good one, uh, amino acid capsules and also spirulina and chlorella capsules as another really good option. And then like a really dense meal replacement powder. Uh, we're talking about something like whether there's one that I like called super greens. There's another one called super berry. I talk about all of these in both of those podcasts, but I mean, if I had to choose, if I, if I could choose just one food, Rachel, and and you were to just shove me out the door and say, walk to walk, whatever, you know, right? Like 30 miles from here. I walk to Coeur d'Alene. Uh, you know what I would grab? What? Macadamia nuts. Mm. because of their their extremely high caloric and saturated fat density with a relatively low uh, load when it comes to overall weight. And probably my second choice would be pemmican, which is like a rendered fat. It's like an old Native American recipe, pemmican. So those would be my top two, but there's plenty of others, and I'll link to some previous podcasts that I've done on those in the show notes for you. So uh, you can go to town on those, Mark, and those will be at bengreenfieldfitness.com slash 363. Hey, thanks for listening in. Again, all the show notes are at bengreenfieldlife.com slash biohackingbudget. And if you like this episode or episodes like this, leave me feedback. I love to hear your comments. Do you like summaries, executive summaries? borrowed from a variety of very popular podcasts I've recorded? Do you like my Q&As? Do you want more AMAs? Do you want any other alphabet letter soup that I'm forgetting to name? Anyways, go leave me feedback. I read your feedback. I read your comments. I read your reviews. I value all of that. So leave the podcast a review if you can and subscribe wherever you find this podcast. And if you go to bengreenfieldlife.com biohackingbudget, let me know what you thought about today's episode. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Well, this is pretty cool. Just put the finishing touches on a luxury VIP retreat in the Swiss mountains. So you may have seen a little bit of rumblings about this on social media, but the beautiful Six Senses retreat, all-inclusive luxury locale in beautiful Crans Montana, Switzerland, has graciously allowed me to bring a maximum of up to 10 folks. And this could be individuals, couples, families into a transformative experience there where I'm going to lead breath work, hikes, workouts. You'll get hands-on foraging adventures with nature's freshest ingredients in their cooking class locale there. You're going to get a chance to do amazing spa treatments, a meticulously curated program. You'll get to meet my wife and my sons who will be there Again, families are welcome. You can bring one or two or three kids. You can make it a couple's retreat. If you want to go solo, you can. There's a limited number of rooms where we're prioritizing couples and families. But again, if you want to get in, this thing is coming up around the corner, April 17th through the 21st, 2024. So it will be all-inclusive. You'll want to fly into Geneva, Switzerland, assuming you want to get into the closest airport. I've already got our flights. Uh, you'll want to mic your calendar for April 17th through the 21st. And here's how to get in. You go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash senses 24 That's bengreenfieldlife.com slash senses 24 And, again, it's going to be incredible all the way down to, like, evening sing-alongs and stargazing and yoga and meditation. And, again, the spa there is incredible. Six Senses is known for having incredible retreats around the world, but this one in Switzerland is supposed to be one of the best. I can't wait. I led a retreat in Portugal last year, and people just said it was the most amazing experience of their lives. This one will be just as good, if not better. So go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash Senses. 24, and you can get in on this retreat that's coming up right around the corner, April 17th through the 21st. I hope to see you there. Want free access to comprehensive show notes, my weekly roundup, cutting edge research and articles, my top recommendations for everything that you need to hack your life, and much more? Visit bengreenfieldlife.com. In compliance with the FTC guidelines, please assume the following about links and posts on this site. Most of the links going to products are often affiliate links of which I receive a small commission from sales of certain items, but the price is the same for you, and sometimes I even get to share a unique and somewhat significant discount with you. In some cases, I might also be an investor in a company I mention. I'm the founder for example of Keon LLC, the makers of Keon branded supplements and products which I talk about quite a bit. Regardless of the relationship, if I post or talk about an affiliate link to a product, it is indeed something I personally use, support and with full authenticity and transparency recommend in good conscience. I personally vet each and every product that I talk about. My first priority is providing valuable information and resources to you that help you positively optimize your mind, body, and spirit. And I'll only ever link to products or resources, affiliate or otherwise, that fit within this purpose. So there's your fancy legal disclaimer.